So I was thinking about this leadership incubator, and I was thinking about Black History Month, and I was thinking about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., probably one of the greatest leaders in the 20th century. Certainly, probably, I'd say the greatest orator of the 20th century. And he's an expiring example of someone we look up to. He is a scholar, a leader, a humanitarian. But most importantly, he was a follower of Jesus. And he had the secret to greatness. For all those great accomplishments, it's interesting to discover what he thought made someone great. Everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and your verb agree to serve. You don't have to know the second theory of thermodynamics in physics to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. Everyone can be great because everyone can serve. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was willing to actually serve to the point of risking and losing his own life. And he did this because he believed that Jesus asked him to do this. Jesus, throughout the Gospels, is talking about servant leadership. And I want to turn to a specific passage in John 13, where this becomes extremely evident. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come to him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress. And the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. And that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, he took off his outer clothing, and he wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin, and he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. And he came to Simon Peter, who said to them, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part of me. Then Lord, Simon, Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done to you. 
Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent them. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Now we see where Dr. King learned how to be great by serving like Jesus did. The greatest person who who ever walked the earth made serving the core of his message. The king of the earth was a servant to fishermen. We are called to make serving a habit of our heart. It's not just something you can manufacture or create by some like singular force of your will. It's an attitude that we slowly but surely adapt and let it infiltrate our way of being. So we're called to serve one another. There's a few things that we learn about serving in this passage. The first one I want to point out is that serving is humbling. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon, to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew that the Father put all things under his power, that he had come from God, he was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, he took off his outer clothing, and he wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin, and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Serving is humbling. I got a picture that the optics are bad. This is in Toronto, a little parquet. Isn't it kind of weird to see Jesus with just a towel around his waist? It's not the, the mighty king picture, although he is. He's trying to show us what it means to be a mighty king. Can be say it's humiliating. He's, he's almost naked. He is looking exactly what a servant would look like in that day and age. He poured water into a basin, a simple task, and he washes their feet. He's actually touching their feet. I don't know about you. Feet are nasty. (laughs) Imagine. I'm sure some of those disciples had big old bunions on there. There's definitely some, like, grime that's built up. This is a a day of in sandals walking around dirt roads. Now Jesus is getting that onto his hands as he's scrubbing the dirt away. Finally, he takes his towel. It's on his waist. Can you imagine a towel on your waist and you're drying someone's feet? That's really close. It's a difficult thing. It's a very intimate thing to be touching someone's feet and having, drying this towel off. It's interesting to see where Jesus did this, by the way. He does it during the meal. He gets up during a meal and does this. Usually what happened in those day and ages, when you would be a host of a a big meal, you would have your guests arrive, and their feet would be washed by a servant upon arrival. So they had nice clean feet. They come up, because you lay down on couches in this day and age, so your feet would actually be there. And so you'd actually have someone clean at the very beginning of the meal. Well, what's happened is, it seems like no one is a servant in Jesus' camp. 
And they probably all didn't want to do that, right? They all realized, like, oh, I got dirty feet, I got dirty feet. Who's going to wash your feet? It's like, oh, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it. <laughs> if I do it, then I'm like the least, right? Who's, I want to be the, the top. And they're all arguing always about who's the greatest in, in Jesus' posse. And so Jesus, during the meal, gave him all a chance and opportunity. He stands up and he does this. He makes himself a servant. Because he is secure in his identity. He knows who he is. You notice what it said? He understood that all power was given to him. He came from the Father. He was returning to him. He wasn't worried about what it looked like. He wasn't worried about how people might think of him. That he was having this response of being lowered. This is not the typical human response to being lowered, is it? Have you ever felt like you were being put in a humbling position by someone? It doesn't feel good. It's not the, kind of the way you react to it. Humans usually find like an outrage or a fear when they do something beneath their station. And so one other thing I want to point out what happens in service. Yes, it's humbling, but also service often is met with opposition. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't realize what I'm doing now, but you're going to understand later. And Peter said, no, you will never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have nothing to do with me. Serving is often met with opposition. And there can be many reasons for this. But just, if you're serving, you shouldn't expect it to be easy. It's not always, it's not always feel good. In this case, Peter doesn't realize how prideful he is in refusing the service. He's kind of choosing his view of foot washing over Jesus's. Now, I can't say that I don't understand. That, that, that would be kind of awkward, wouldn't it? How many people here have had their feet washed by another adult before? Yeah, a number of you. How many people here have washed the feet of another adult before? That's a good few. Well, the good news is that we're going to get a chance to do that today. I'm going to call the teams forward, and we're going to... I'm just joking. (laughs) I felt a little opposition there. I've actually had my feet washed, um, and it was a little off-putting. It took me a second to kind of wrap my head around it. It was actually my wife, Megan. We were engaged, and she did this on her own, and I, I, had, I had that feeling, Peter, like, no, no, like, you don't want... If you know Megan, she's a firecracker, so this took... This something that she felt like God wanted her to do to help and to show service. And, and it was a hard thing to experience, but, but I also realized, like, you don't want someone you love to kind of feel in that position, and yet, it's the way they love you, right, by serving. So another thing I want to throw out there to you is let people serve you. Some of you have that gift of service, right, in the church, and that's what you do. So I want to just say to you, sometimes you can serve others by letting them serve you. So we have people come over the, to your house, and they're going to be, hey, can I wash the dishes? I remember an old pastor friend of mine used to be like, let me wash the dishes. He's like, no, no, he's like, you're stealing my blessing. It's like, let me ble- be blessed by washing your... So just that sense of recognize there's something to be said for letting other people serve you. 
Jesus is a rabbi. This is not the position he should be in. He is the king, the Messiah. This is not the place he should be. Peter is very uncomfortable. But Jesus says, if you don't participate in this foot washing, if you don't let me have this intimate relationship of serving you, you don't have a part in my house. Jesus needs to clean him. This is a symbolic act of eschatological hospitality. What's happening is anyone who believes in Jesus needs to be cleansed by him, to share in this intimacy of foot washing. And what we're going to see later is they need to be cleansed by his blood, by his sacrifice ultimately. This is a, a symbol of servitude that will eventually be done with the ultimate price of laying down his life. And by accepting his dying for us, by accepting his serving us, we participate, we share in the love of the household of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. So his, his rejection comes out of ignorance, a lack of understanding. He doesn't understand what this means to be served by Jesus. And so those you are serving may not understand or appreciate what you're doing. Don't expect to always be appreciated in the serving. And then corrected, Peter kind of says, okay, and he shows his ignorance by flipping the other way. He tries to dictate to Jesus how he's going to be cleansed. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet. I want my hands and my head washed too, please, with a little manicure on the side. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath, they only wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that is why he said not everyone was clean. Peter is just like, is he a giant flip-flopper? You will never wash me. Wash all of me now. <laughs> what? And both are equally ignorant. They don't understand. Jesus is not a pushover in this case of serving. He didn't understand. He, he's, not, he's like, no, you're clean. That's not what you need. When you're serving someone, it's not to make them totally dependent upon you. There's a book called When Helping Hurts. It kind of explains this picture of sometimes you can, you can, helping can hurt because you're not allowing them to have their own strength. The purpose of serving is very important. It is not to humiliate the server. It is not to alleviate the person who's receiving service of all responsibility. It's to love the person. Genuine love. And that's why I find it very interesting that Jesus does not just the serve the people who love him back. Not every one of you is clean. Did you catch that? Jesus knows what Judas is up to. And he still washes his feet. Judas is there. Awkward. Sir, why? Imagine watching, imagine Judas's feet were extra nasty. Like, imagine washing Judas's feet. What was going through Jesus' mind there? I can imagine what Judas was thinking. Judas was thinking like, yeah, this is exactly why I don't get you, Jesus. I'm saying, no, you're not no king. Serving is not about who is deserving. Other people around you, church, work, who annoy you, people who hurt you, serve them. 
Jesus serves the man who murders him. It's our calling. It's this habit that we need to form in our hearts. And we begin to notice something sort of change in our hearts and our mind as a result. And that's the third thing about serving I wanted to highlight today. Serving is transformative. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes, he returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I've set you an example of what you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master. And no messenger, no apostle is greater than the one who sent them. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Serving is transformative. Serving is entering into a relationship with someone. It is a symbol of the reality of the friendship between you. Now, Judas had his feet washed, but he didn't really accept, in reality, the hospitality of Jesus. He turned from it. He found it weak and disturbing. He didn't realize there is a power in serving. When we serve, when we genuinely serve we are transformed by that. When we serve, we enter into a relationship. We start helping others actually enter into a relationship with Jesus. We start to encounter the, the true power of God. And it's a divine form of power. It's a divine form of power that doesn't overwhelm. It enters in upon invitation. It results in transformation. We become like our master. It says, we are blessed if we do this. Now, I know thinking about blessings and, and actions it gets complicated. We don't want to think about a prosperity gospel, like you follow Jesus, you get Mercedes, and you get anything you want. It's not, it's not about that. You will be blessed if you do this. If you'll be blessed if you serve. It's not just saying you just get whatever you desire. What it means is that God is going to work in you. He will change it. You will be a changed person. You will be blessed if you serve. Serving is our calling. It says in Ephesians 6, 7, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good they do, whether they're slave or free. We don't serve simply to get a reward, but there is a sense, and something happens upon entering into service. Having a heart, having a habit, of service changes your life. So serve wholeheartedly. Why? Because it makes you like Jesus. Because he served us first. Because he asked us to serve. Because it blesses you. Because you will be transformed and the Spirit will always keep nudging you forward if you follow his lead. And if we deny the Spirit in service, we miss an opportunity for realigning our humanity. See, I think humanity was created to be in community. It was not good for Adam to be alone. But Adam and Eve, they could serve each other. They could help each other. 
Even before the fall, serving was part of what it meant to be a real human, what it meant to be in the image of God. And that's the essence of human free will. When we talk about having this freedom, it's to make consciously a decision to serve. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The essence of service is love one another. And as Christians, we, we get given these special gifts. Each of us is given gifts upon receiving the Spirit of God. And these gifts, it says in the Scriptures, is to, to serve one another. That's why you have these gifts. So within the church, bless each other, serve each other, find ways to serve each other. And this is true also, especially, I would say, with leadership. To the elders among you, Peter says, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing. As God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonesty, not for your own highlights, but eager to serve, not lowering it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. So at the leadership incubator this Saturday, we're going to be talking about serving. Recognizing this is the essence of Christian leadership, is serving. And there's a lot of different types of service. There's service of small things. It's little things we do throughout your day. Are you looking towards people? Hey, how can I serve? How can I serve? That, that habit starts becoming part of our heart. I've heard of random acts of kindness, right? I like to say, plan them rack the acts of kindness. Try to think through your day and look at where, hey, where can I serve people? Don't make them random, plan them. Service of hospitality. We got the welcoming team. First time I came in this church, people come and talk to me, and I, I, I love that. And this, this whole idea of, of the church having hospitality is one of the things that makes Christians appear refreshing, this idea of being welcoming. And I've been welcoming to a lot of your homes and just seeing like the food and the, the, the love. Like, this is part of how, how you serve people. Look for the people at your work or where you go in, in the streets or in the malls and, and see the people who, are hurt, who aren't being welcomed. Welcome them. Love them. That is missional. This is the whole idea of, of being able to reach out with genuine service and love. The same thing, it says to, to bear each other's burdens. How do we carry each other along on this journey? One of the things that God's been talking to me about in terms of serving people is actually listening. One thing that I've learned about myself is I'm not always the best at listening. And it's not because I don't want to listen. You know what it is? It's like I'll be in a book and I don't hear anything. I'll be on my computer, I don't hear anything. I'll just be in my own head. My poor wife... My children, I just realized, like, you know what I need to do is work on this habit of just being present in the moment and serving by listening, being, being aware of my presence. This is something God's speaking to me. Serving by listening. Serving by bearing each other's burden. Serving by sharing the gospel. You're not doing anyone any favors if you don't share Jesus when the right moment appears. So many different ways we can take up our towel. And it's not just a matter of executing actions. It's a matter of having your heart transformed by habit. 
by loving each other, allowing the Spirit to slowly form you into the character of a servant. Our journey here on earth in the Scriptures is often compared to a race. The idea of we're racing towards the finish line together. And I want to play a clip here that I think might help us understand what does it look like if we thought of serving each other as we ran together. Yeah, you can see what, what a tremendous show of sportsmanship as you've got an athlete who can't quite make it and they've got a team, a, a girl from another team trying to help her to the finish line so she can finish the race. That's what, now that's another what the sport one is all well. about. Oh my goodness. This is just incredible. The sportsmanship phenomenal as you see those final yards there. As you see, Clemson and Louisville helping the Boston College runner. That's Tate and Pease. And the Boston College runner can't even lift her legs right now. She'll try to cross the finish line. What a shot right here at Wakeman at Soccer Park in Cary. But you sacrifice your own position wow. to help another athlete finish what they started. And that, that's a true sportsmanship. You know, this life is taking a toll on a couple of us runners. Are we the type of people who have been so formed by Jesus that we'll come alongside another person to help them finish? Will we sacrifice our own position to help another person finish what they started? As Christians, do we come alongside our brothers and sisters and help them in those times of hard, difficult moments when they're trying to follow Jesus and it doesn't make sense and what are we doing? Do we kind of pull back or do we come with them and walk with them and support them across the finish line? Will we take up our towel to follow Jesus? Jesus, who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped but disrobed himself laid down the clothing of his divinity and took on the clothing of a servant. And as he laid down his cloak, which by the way in John, what it says he, he, it, what it says he removed his clothing, actually he laid down his clothing, his outer garments. He laid them down. It's the same word that says that he laid down his life later on in John. And so as he laid down this cloak of his life, he took up the bread and he, and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken in service to you. And as he took the cup and he said, this is my blood poured out to serve you by forgiving you of all your sin. As we eat of this bread, we drink of this cup, we declare that Jesus Christ is the servant king of the world. Let's pray. Lord, we don't always understand how to serve. We always don't understand even how to be served. And yet we know that the example of Jesus 
is an example that calls us, it beckons us to follow in a similar manner. So would you transform our hearts? Would you allow us to become creatures of habit who are just naturally inclined to serve other people? Would we be a church at Forceview who serve others? We ask as we take this cup and of this bread that we would Allow your spirit to transform our hearts, to continue to walk us down this path. And those of us, Lord God, who, who may be hurting, would we come alongside them and carry them and walk with them as we all are transformed into the image of your son, the great servant, Jesus. Amen.